Welcome back to the Saniac Podcast. My name is Shawnee Suisa. I'm a podcast producer from Los Angeles. This is my awesome co-host, Zach Calhoun. If you are new to the Saniac Podcast, we do live weekly recaps of MTV's The Challenge. Obviously, we are doing War of the Worlds 2 right now. We also do cast interviews, and we have a fantastic website, saniacpodcast.com, with tons of different challenge content. Uh, There's lots of cool quizzes on there and written recaps as well. Hannah is back in action, so you can look out for her written recap that will come out either tomorrow or later tonight. Um, and before we get started, we do want to mention our sponsor, Stitcher Premium. Stitcher Premium is really cool. You basically get to watch all of your favorite shows ad-free, and it's only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. You can use our promo code. Promo code is SANIAC for one month free on your monthly plan. There's lots of good stuff. There's lots of good stuff on Stitcher Premium, so check it out. You go to stitcher.com forward slash premium to sign up today. And again, use our promo code because you get a month free, so why not? Uh, Tonight's episode was crazy, so I think we're just going to jump right in. I'm happy we don't have too much other stuff to discuss tonight because there is just so much to dive into on the episode. Me and Zach want to shoot right through everything and get to the end, basically. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> there's wow. that last 10-minute sequence. There's so much to unpack in that. So uh, we're going to go through the first half of the recap uh, like, a little bit faster. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome here. We got lots of people tuning in right away tonight, I think because we started later. Why don't you guys all Drop your location. Let us know where you're watching from. I love seeing where people are watching from. Uh, And if you're new to the comment section, definitely get involved. They might seem ruthless, but they're actually really nice people in there. So uh, feel free to chime in. All right, Zach. Let's start this off. We go right into the elimination aftermath of last episode. Uh, There was a lot of talk going on around Kaylee's strategy, Cam and Kaylee running the house and so forth. And I wanted to bring in some of the bits that we have all been seeing floating around from Kaylee's challenge mania podcast. Yeah. That that definitely uh, uh, was making the waves. Yeah. Her mania podcast was all over Twitter. People have been commenting about it on Facebook nonstop. So it seemed to have at least made a, a big impression with challenge fans. And the biggest takeaway that, most people have been discussing is the fact that so much of what's going down this season politically and strategically is at the hands of Kaylee and Cam. So they've been, you know, they've been the one running, running things and everyone's saying it's Polly and Cara, but it's actually Cam and Kaylee. And, you know, to that, I say the house itself seems to be confused because inside the house, they're the ones who are claiming it's Cara and Polly. And so the fact that Cam and Kaylee are able to uh, pull all of these strings and keep it low key that they're just members of the alliance or they're just following Polly and Kara is uh, pretty sick. And it reminds me of um, like any of the famous all girl alliance plays that have happened and succeeded in the past, which, you know, quite a few have happened on Survivor, which I've just been watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, much, much better, <laughs> much, much more um, uh, non cringe shall we say cam is really you have to give yeah but you have to give it up to them for the for being able to do that because obviously like we said last time kaylee can't play a physical game that's not her strength so she has to play a political game cam on the other hand can here's what i think is interesting how come whenever 
you know, like whenever Johnny says something online or whenever Pauly says something online or whenever Shane says something online, you've got all these people who say, you can't trust a word that comes out of this person's mouth. They're so untrustworthy. They make shit up. They're liars. Nobody ever says that about Kara, Cam, Kaylee. Nobody's ever like, oh, don't trust people anything. Say these, these women say. People say that about Kara. People say that about Kara. Honestly, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see people like, oh, don't trust what Kara says. Um, you know, it, it's just as possible that these people are bullshitting and not giving you the full truth in their oh, interviews for as well. For sure, for sure. But when you think about everything that's gone down, it does seem like Kaylee and Cam's MO. Like the entire gameplay this season feels exactly uh yeah, early and early in agrees with me. Everyone says that about Kara. Because they do. Because who's gonna who believes her when she goes on these interviews? She's already a oh, nutcase. I can think of a lot of people, unfortunately. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see them coming out of the woodwork this week. Anyways, it is cool. It was cool to hear and it is cool to see that, you know, they are playing that kind of a game. What's confusing to me, though, is the fact that so many people are going along with it. If you look at OG challenge, uh, OG challenges where the formats were in teams, most of the time, like the guys would team up with the strongest girls and get everybody else out. There was no question about it. They, they would look at the weak girls as if they were trash, like to an extent where we all know that there was lots of problems back in the day with the men bullying the girls in the challenge. And, and they always wanted to get rid of the weakest. And so for all of the guys to kind of team up with the weaker girls feels just out of whack to me i un i can understand you know joss and kaylee have that bond but like ct rogan i don't know it just it feels that's the only part that is off for me in that way like why are people following them but that shows the power that you know their manipulation has i mean cam is cam managed to turn leroy against his longest at lifetime tv friend like he's been doing this shit with nani since the dawn of time since i was a kid you know and so for him for Cam to be able to turn Leroy against Nani, I mean, that says something, I would say. I, I suppose so. I mean, Cam's got, uh, um, she's got a lot of different tactics she can she can use. You know, she's got her feminine gifts, which she can use to turn Leroy on 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 Nani. You know, Nani's not going to be, Nani's not giving it up to Leroy. They, they've got a, uh, they've got a friendship that's beyond that. You know, Cam, she, she's, she can, she can work it a little bit. Cam can politic a little bit is what I've noticed. Politic yeah. <laughs> with Theo, politic with Leroy. She's got that going on. Michael is saying the audio is acting up. Michael, some more specifics, if you will. I can try and fix that for you. Uh, I think it's a little. I, 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 I there might have been one glitch on the West Coast side. Listen, guys, we know that California is burning down right now, so you you, you don't know what you're going to get from Shawnee. I honestly, I it might actually be true that the West Coast just has slower Wi-Fi. We have slower people and slower Wi-Fi. It's we're, we are all on weed, including the Wi-Fi. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the episode. Uh, then we go into you know Tori and Rogan's talk, and obviously we get um, some snippets of the Brits being suspicious of Tori and the fact that like she switched over. Why would she? Uh, and then we have Cam and Theo's talk, like. Zach was just saying, you know, a little bit of politicking going on there. Obviously, Theo is really upset and, you know, she's trying to comfort him. And then you have Josh and Nani's talk. So we really like going back and forth between all of these relationships in the house. Uh, and it was cool to see how everybody is getting along. And it's it's funny how like Cam and Theo, you know, are sitting there getting along and Tori and Rogan are sitting there getting along, but they're all 
they're all against each other. And anyways, Josh and Ani's talk, this was cute. We saw their relationship throughout the episode loads, which I really liked. And we get to see, you know, them bonding. And I do feel like they just click as friends. They seem like such a good duo. And, you know, they're both kind of in a similar position in the house where they're, you know, the weakest on the female side and the weakest on the male side now, or at least viewed that way in the house. And so they're kind of in that predicament of if it comes to it, they're probably either being saved for the final elimination as a layup or, you know, they're going to they're going to be going home in the next the next few so they can bond over that and they they have similarities there and then we move into the daily challenge this challenge was obviously suited for ninja i mean it was a climbing challenge it looked oh, yes. really cool we, we got the uh, we got the ninja close-up it the, looked uh, really the, really yeah, cool you have the ninja celebration I was fucking impressed that anyone could do this challenge because this looked so hard. I, uh, it I looked mean, really hard. Um, Pauly was, was very impressive in, in this challenge. Very. Theo was too. Kara, like, yeah, a, a lot of people got bounced in the challenge, but, and, and I mean, granted, the edit made Kara look really bad. I, I, I can't say for <laughs> sure. Like, uh, the edit did make her look bad, but we don't really, I feel like we needed to see more footage of it. They were just trying to cut to the end of the episode. That, that's, so. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it just made it look like she fell right away and bitched like always. Um, maybe she would, she hung on for a little longer than that though. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, this one was hard. Zach fall, Zach fell first up with team USA. First of all, um, Zach fell, Ashley fell, Cara fell. And, you know, it was just sort of a, a domino effect. Jordan then fell and then Ninja ends up falling as well. And Polly was the last man standing against the, gets the 10th tile for the team USA. Um, I'm not sure if Ar- is Arlene in here. She might not have watched the episode. It was basically just a climbing challenge over water. So they had these giant boards with uh, climbing climbing grips all over it. And they had to maneuver through the boards from one platform to the next and put like tiles up in certain spots. And it was double-sided. So you could kind of grab the other side. And while you were doing that, the other team had these arm cranks that they actually have in physical therapy. It's so funny, the little arm bicycles. Oh, yeah. They- I-, I had to do that in physical therapy for ages. And those cranks were moving the planks that they were climbing on. It was just, it was pretty chaotic uh, and it was very difficult. It, it just looked like a really hard challenge. I don't know many people who could pull that off properly, but Team USA ended up doing a, a like what I thought was a good job till TJ called them out at the end. <laughs> I thought they did decent. Yeah, he called, he, he called everyone out. He definitely focused on the Brits a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I guess TJ was expecting a lot more tiles than what we got yeah he made it sound like it was going to be easy um anyway so then the brits go and uh right away you have rogan and tori up and rogan you know obviously is not a climber he mentions that in his confessional he pulls out to grab one of the grips on the other plank and instead of realizing you know these things are going to be moving they're fucking spinning team usa is spinning they're going to be opening and closing so he ends up holding on to it for too long and then trying to grab his grip back on the other one and instead grabs tori and pulls her down as well and i was so bummed about this because i really wanted to see what Tori could do with climbing. She had mentioned that they had, she had trained in climbing before. So ugh, yeah. I'm just pissed. I feel and like it was, it was her first chance to make her mark on the UK team in a competition. And uh, as she mentioned, it was taken from her. So that was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I was happy to see that unlike um, previous water missions in, uh, in this season that the cast, you know, weren't attached to bungee cords that would have them gingerly fall two feet and they actually had to take the plunge down into the water. That was a nice, uh, it was nice to have that back. I did notice, I feel like they were more safe 
at the beginning it of this season. Like, it, it looked lower <laughs> to the ground. It looked like a like a ten foot fall. Yeah, it didn't look like as high, but it seems like they've nixed those safety precautions. I mean, we had the crate last week, and now we have this one without the ropes. Like they started off babying the season, and then now yeah. you know now they're sort of easing back in. So. Um, We'll see how that goes. But I really, really wish we could have seen Tori. We were we were robbed of a uh, Tori climbing performance tonight. I I was upset about that. But hopefully there'll be another one where she can she can show her climbing abilities. Um okay, so then we had uh D go up and she ended up getting a tile, which was pretty impressive considering how scared she was. I feel her pain. I'm not a Heights fan. Uh C T falls for Team UK. Theo's like holding both sides and he starts to fall down. I mean, they all just start taking tumbles. Kaylee doesn't even end up going, which was crazy. Oh my God. She that was uh, bad. she was not having it. And during this time, we got some of the funniest lines of the night from Zach when he was doing the cranks and he was like yep. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You gotta go. Oh, you're not even gonna compete. Oh my god, I was cracking the fuck up. Honestly, that was so funny. He- yeah, Zach is so good at being able to entertain and get camera time without having necessarily confessionals. You yeah, know, he can translate it during non-confessionals, which is good. Yeah, very true. He has the, the humor he brings to his confessionals. He also brings to his everyday interactions in the house. And we see that. We see that yeah. nonstop. Even like when he, you know, at the challenge when TJ was like, you're going to send in a girl. And he was like, oh, dang it. Like those moments. That's Zach's forte. Yeah, he's good at that. He's so fucking funny. I don't know. That's his niche. He's just hilarious. Um, okay, so then we go, then obviously, you know, the Brits, they all had fallen off at that point. They got, I think, four tiles at most. Four tiles. Yeah, yep. miserable. And uh, TJ goes, one word to describe this challenge, pathetic. So he was <laughs> like harsh on them this whole episode. He really went in there. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a bit brutal. And then we got the speaker selection. And for one of the first times, we're actually seeing Team USA start not fighting, but more like bickering and speaking up during the speaker selection, which is the British team's MO. So this was this was something that was cool. Now we're finally seeing, you know, Team USA not just let uh, anybody become the speaker. And Josh obviously really wanted to be the speaker. So he stepped up. He was trying to get involved there, but he was shut down. Everybody else was just like, Polly, we're voting Polly. Well, Kara was like that. So Polly yeah. was the speaker and he picks Zach and Kara. And this is something that like... So Polly put out that Facebook post or the Instagram comments or whatever it was recently with all of these things in it. And some of the shit he said I liked, some of it I didn't like as much. But there was one thing where he mentions how they ended up capitalizing on mistake after mistake and turning the numbers around for that side, right? Because originally, you know, there was Bananas, Laurel, all of those people were actually on the Nani side of things in the numbers house. And now, you know, it switched over. And so moments like this, moments right here when Polly goes into the tribunal and picks without fail somebody that's going to be on his side so he guarantees a two-person vote in that tribunal that's the kind of moves that the other side had to make but instead they were trying to cover it up with you know we're not really playing that game we're not doing that and so they didn't end up using those tribunals as as powerfully as they could have and they ended up always bringing in one wishy-washy person and one person from the other side so that wishy-washy person flaked over every single time and that's what they really should have done from the get-go you know if jordan's yeah, in there he should have picked tory you know what i mean and they were they, always yeah, afraid they to should do have that. all been banned together from the get-go and, and honestly that i i do want to say um one thing that's been coming up a lot lately is criticism of josh 
you know, Josh is really starting to get some burn now on the show. And when that happens, um, inevitably, uh, you're going to catch feedback, negative feedback a lot from people online and in the community. And there's all these people that are bashing Josh, saying mm. how much they don't like Josh and how he doesn't do anything and how he's weak and all this stuff. And essentially it's because he's going up against their faves and, and he's a newer face. But um, from the start of the game, Josh, as we've mentioned, was clearly from what I could see trying to play like not catering to an alliance he was trying to play you know uh, a game that was for the team but also to like somehow put him in a better position and he's made he made moves that benefited Carr and Paulie's side early in the game mm. and now he's kind of resigned to um wanting to to needing to make moves that would benefit uh Jordan's side um but he hasn't necessarily been playing, you know, with one team the whole time. Yeah. And he did. So he didn't come in with the same strategy that Carr and Pauly did and it burned him because he fell behind the numbers. But I just don't understand the negative backlash he's been receiving because honestly, this guy has been straight up all season. He's like, he's been in people people's have, but People have say, a preconceived notion on him from Big Brother. Oh, that's exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? I agree. So I think a yeah. lot of people and he has. Listen, I like Josh. Don't get me wrong, but I can understand why people find his voice annoying. He has a particular type of voice it's a very niche sounding voice i would say uh as niche as our podcast is basically and so i I can understand why people find that a bit annoying i don't personally i think i think it's like whatever i think it's fine i don't really care what someone sounds like um but i do see that and also you know just his big brother appearance was it wasn't controversial It, it was just people don't give him any credit for his gameplay at all because they see him as someone who was dragged along the way. And so for them, he was just this annoying guy. Apparently there was a lot of stuff that happened on the feeds as well, like with uh, one of the other contestants. And so that stuff kind of got to people and he lost a lot of fans from that. But if you're looking at his challenge, I mean, even I liked him on BB, so I don't know. But if you're looking at just his challenge appearances, I think he's done pretty well. Yes, he's an emotional guy. Yes, he is, you know, has a weird voice, whatever the fuck. But at the end of the day, like, he has performed pretty well. He's competed pretty well. He's never, he never looks like the weak man out in these challenges. And so that's something, you know, he doesn't look like a Tyree. It's not like somebody who's noticeably failing or flopping every single day at all. We haven't yeah. seen that once. What I've seen is that there's there's two things. People are all, uh, a lot, the majority of the people I would say are saying that Josh is very weak. And um, people are also saying like, well, he's just been, you know, he, he's calling out Pauly, but he's been playing for Jordan and doing whatever Jordan wants, wants him to do. And that's not true. Mm. He hasn't been doing that. And honestly, he hasn't flopped yet to show you that he's a weak competitor. Like, where has the flop been? It, it hasn't happened yeah. that I've seen. And um, Michelle, I, Michelle I do have Pluto TV on. Uh, <laughs> X, is, X is 2 is on right now. Oh, Pluto TV honestly, always Honestly, it's on. good that the TV's on. You guys may notice my lighting tonight is much better is it because the tv is it because of the tv well i've got i i reworked my lighting Ah. settings a little bit you know i've got a couple lamps in here i've i've maneuvered them around and then the tv gives me a nice side (laughs) profile screens Um, actually do give off a really good backlight for sure i i do i don't want to favor this side too much though because my hair gets kind of puffy on this side so i I, you know see the frids yeah i can see the frids well the facial hair is really coming in I mean, this is, it's is, shapely this is an now. honor of, yeah. this is an honor of Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the best tribute that we can pay to the man tonight. Uh, listen, on Big Brother, the thing that people don't give him credit for is winning at the end, but he had one of the, he, he 
played smarter, not harder. And people never give credit for that when it comes to these yeah. games. And and I think Josh should be applauded for his game plan, Big Brother, because he saw what was going on. And on our interview that I did with him, he kind of hinted at the fact that production was very much so on Paul's side. And so if he went against Paul, a lot of times things were happening in the house that we weren't seeing that basically anyone who was going against Paul was getting out the house. So he saw that early on and rode that wave. And he knew that he had to implement some sort of strategy to be able to clinch that final vote at the end. And that was his goodbye speeches. I mean, he utilized a tool that every single person in Big Brother has ever had, and he utilized it so much better than we've ever seen. And so for me, that was a brilliant move on his part and i'm all about people working smarter not harder why kill yourself if you don't have to you know look bo bottom line um and you guys know that I, I don't watch big brother the only big brother contestant that i know other than the people that are on the challenges is chicken george oh my god i um, love chicken so, george <laughs> so so, I, so i say funny. this without having watched big brother but you have to respect the fact that how many seasons of big brother have there been us 23 uh, no, like it's going to be 22 this, this year. Uh, okay. So there's been 21 seasons and there, so you, you've got only 21 people, unless there's been any repeat winners, whatever mm -hmm. you, you've got only 21 people that have ever won that game and won that money mm -hmm. survivor. You've got 37 people that have only ever won that game and won that money. And it's been on since 2000. The challenge, you've got like triple that. Yeah. People go to the finals and they get to win all the time and multiple people get to win. So the fact that somebody was able to navigate that environment and win and now they're playing this game, they're playing the challenge, you have to respect that. Mm. You have to respect the fact that they've pl they've played in a much more political environment and thrived and he's not playing like a bitch Absolutely. in this game. The, first of all, I mean, once you watch any other reality tv show competition you realize how much easier the challenge is because they come in with all of these preformed relationships everybody knows each other they've been on for so yep. long you've also been watching so much of your competition for years so if you want to go in there you know what ct is like you know what makes him tick you you can read his face he's he's been on your tv screen for so long right and when you go into big brother you go into the survivor most of the time unless there's a few returnees and you know in big brother it's you might come back maybe three times that's the most anyone's ever been back and so for for people they don't know who they're competing against they have no contact with the outside world cameras are on them non-stop they're completely isolated from the outside you know on the challenge they're going out to nightclubs they're mingling with other human beings i mean it's just such a different environment and there's so much more of an advantage and a leg up going into the challenge you have a way better idea of what you're getting yourself into and who you're getting yourself into it with. And that's so important. And so for people who can win a game like Sur I give credit to Survivor more than Big Brother because Survivor is Even, yeah, a like more fickle game than any of the other competitions. It's day in and day out, hourly. Things change minutely on Survivor. It's mad. The, the thing, that's the thing. Like even the weakest Survivor winners, even the weakest seasons they still get that respect because they fucking mm. won Survivor. You're mm -hmm. one of an elite club. The challenge is different. As Greg points out, there's been 85 winners. You know, we can point to people and say, that was a pretty weak win and not give it a lot <laughs> yeah. of credit. So- 
There is never an easy season of Survivor. There is never, there might be harder ones, but there's never an easy one. Like point blank period to win a game of Survivor is so much more difficult. And the competition is so much more fierce. I mean, everything about it is is 10 times harder and politically and strategically as well apart from the fact that it's so much more physical you have to look at the fact that the political landscape on any of these other shows is a thousand times harder and i mean you just can't discredit those like i would discredit ashley's wins before josh's wins any day you know what i'm saying like she would half of the people in the challenge me and zach were talking about this wouldn't make the merge on survivor they'd all be out they'd all be out you you know know who would be great on survivor that we didn't mention who Shane. Shane would kill it. He would be oh great. Oh my god, he would have been a great he survivor would be player. Really good. Yeah. yeah. He pretty that's pretty much how he approached, you know, his comebacks on the show mm. from invasion and final reckoning. He approached it like a survivor. And Fabi, I agree. I mean, final reckoning to me is, is probably the worst season um yeah. uh, of the show. And just format-wise and production-wise, it was a mess. However, it did it did share one similarity that you'll see with Survivor a lot, is that usually on Survivor because of, of how things go with the jury and, and just the way that the game, you know, how many twists and turns the game takes um, politically. A lot of times the best player, you, like the player that everyone will agree played the best game, they won't win on Survivor. Mm. Final Reckoning was very similar. Uh, I, I, I make no secret about it. And it's not even up for debate really that, that um, you know, the best players on that season were, I would say Shane and Nelson and Joss and Sylvia and, and neither of them. One, that's a pretty com- actually reckoning. that's a common thread through big brother as well a lot of times mm. some of the best players in the season don't win and as upsetting as it can be that's what makes it so much more impressive for the people who do win because you have yeah. to actually win yeah, which is you, the you hardest still, part yeah you still have to get that win in the end you can be dominated yeah. all season by russell hance and then you sit in final tribal and you you know find a that way to tragic in. okay guys yeah let's, uh, let's- Let's go back into challenge world. So then we have the speaker selection. Obviously he picks uh, Zach and Kara. This was Polly and TJ makes a line of the night to Kara. He goes, all right, the tribunal is Polly with Zach and Kara with a very happy face because Kara looked so miserable. And this was the start of the misery for Kara the tonight. I mean, she then said this was the the line that's going to get all the publicity. She said, resting challenge face. You're going to see this posted everywhere for the next week. I was messaging it's with Greg during Botox the show. Resting Botox face. Yeah. <laughs> I was messaging with Greg during the episode. I said you're, you're gonna you're gonna see seven thousand different posts about resting challenge face, and it's all gonna be Kara stands trying to spin away from what happened at the end of the episode. They're just gonna be like, oh, I love Kara. Resting challenge. Resting face. challenge face. Yep, oh my that's god. That's what you're gonna get. Yep. Michelle is so funny. She goes, thought we were blowing through this episode straight to the end. This is us blowing through the episode. I know. Me and Zach we're... always start this off like, all right, we're going to cap it to an hour. And then three hours later, we're like, oh, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way because we, we stumble onto great conversational topics. We do. We can't. It's, it's... We can't. We're conversationalists. You yeah. know, you can't take that away from someone. Uh, all Some right, guys. Into the app. So then we have, um, then we have the tribunal, like you know, chit chatter that's going on beforehand. We have some confessionals from Rogan that I really liked, and this was the one that that I listen. I've liked Rogan for the majority of the time. I don't like the side he's on, but I still like him. And this clinched it for me in the fact that he admitted that he was playing a scared game, and I really like that. I respect that somebody can at least say, you know, openly and honestly 
uh, I'm playing a scared game. We're all playing a scared game. We're just trying to make it to the end. That's that's what we're going for, you know. And so for him to be open about that is so much better than denying it and being like, "What? I'm not playing a scared game while playing a scared game," you know. So he's I like that I like that self awareness from him. I think that that's cool. And then we get further into the tribunal and we have Theo's threat. This is where he basically says he's going to either come back and throw every single challenge and throw the final if he comes back and wins or he's going to go over to the other side and destroy them. Whatever it's going to be, he basically makes a threat that if he stays after they vote him into this elimination, that he is going to destroy Team UK. So you can see he's pretty upset this about it. This was interesting. This was an interesting twist here um, from Theo who... I could see him doing that had he made it to the final, actually sabotaging a final for his team. Mm. At the same time, when the money comes into play, I mean, that changes things. Um, but Theo, what he was, his play, and I mean, that's a, when you're in a game like this and you are completely outside of the numbers, the only thing you can do is find some way to get some sort of power for yourself. Like, what is your play going to be? And that was his play to say, listen, I'll, I'll fuck you guys in the final <laughs> bottom line. And he is, uh, this is actually something that has come up before, not on the show. This is the first time that we saw this on the show. However, off the show, I have heard Susie and Sarah both before Susie mentioned that she told her team going in, uh, if, if they tried to screw her before the final on the ruins that oh. she would, she would literally, you know, like be, before they even finished the final, she would just, she sit, would just down. sit down. Yeah, sit mm. down in front of the finish line. And she apparently told Sarah to do the same. Uh, she told Sarah that, that you know, she should have done the same thing on Rivals 3. They, they talked about that a lot. And Sarah says, it's probably my biggest regret. When we got up the mountain, I should have just sat down and told <laughs> and said, Johnny, are you giving me money? Are, Johnny, are, are, if you're going to take the money, I'm not crossing and you're going to lose. If she would have done that, I mean holy shit like that would have been crazy yeah it would have been totally different but so those two have talked about it before theo took that and he uh he made it his own uh unfortunately we're not going to get to see what would have happened but oh greg's right Susie did say it on the episode i was about to say that because i i I remember that so i would never have listened to like an interview or something with yeah that's my bad i don't mean I, i i certainly don't want to uh deny my queen the credit that she deserves she did say that at like as they were getting ready to start the final I could, I mean, listen, I wouldn't go about it in that way, obviously, but I could see Theo has no power left. This is the only thing he can do to try and possibly save himself. So I see the final straw for him. You know, he's just grasping at anything that he possibly can, uh, but it's not working. My question, though, is how come I don't understand how come CT is so in with that side of the Brits? Because to me, it's like. I understand CT's kind of been voting with them all season and he's sort of been part of it. And Kaylee mentioned on the lo- on her interview that he was part of the plan to send in Georgia and, and all of that. But I still don't get it because CT isn't crucial to their numbers and he's not helping them win that much. Like he is a bit, but Theo over CT any day when it comes to athleticism right wow. now. CT has them all... Like just they they're not even challenging him at all. Mm. And this is this is what we said at the start of the season. We were like, yo, CT's hooked up on that team because nobody's gonna challenge him at all. He's just gonna coast. And that's what he's doing. You saw tonight during the tribunal that um he had Ro- he has Rogan in his back pocket. I'm sorry, as CT would say, his back pocket. He's got he Rogan does, in his pocket. He, that was actually not bad. Um, he really does. It's weird. I just don't get it. Theo did look kind of broken, Fabi. You're right. He was just, he was, 
he he didn't have anything left he'd given it all he was so sad he was just defeated he was in so much pain you could just see it because for him like he's coming into this thinking after all of the you know every time that they would knock down a number on Theo's side he thought okay maybe this is the end because now they have the majority so maybe they'll just you know move on to making the team strong maybe you know this is gonna be maybe they're telling the truth now and every time he was wrong every time they were lying every time he was backstabbed so he's over it you can just see it in his eyes like he doesn't want to do this anymore and it's probably hard for them because they're pretty good friends all of them like they don't actually hate each other that much you see that they hang out uh the Brits are a lot closer than the U.S. stars are so it just might be, you know, it's weird. It's just weird. And it's weird that they would choose CT over Theo, who's so much better for their team. I really like Theo this season. It, it, it sucked to see. It sucked to see him. Uh, like Fabi said, that's a really great point. Just looking defeated. That that energy being sucked out of him. All right, guys. So then we get uh, Joss refusing to vote in the tribunal, which I thought was like cute, but obviously he wasn't going to vote against. So it didn't really help. Then we go into uh, Theo talking to Team USA's tribunal and basically he he just wants somebody who he can beat and come back and demolish team uk with so he asked for somebody easy that he could win against and he was going to come back and throw it at the end for uh, team usa to win and so theo basically says to paulie you'll be a champion for the first time which was just a hilarious line and low key shade that was just great and then you also have Kara trying to make Theo feel better about being voted in so many times which I just thought was such bullshit like just stop you such just stop phony. yeah we also see Zach talking to them once Theo leaves and this is the point you know obviously Kara was catching on to Zach's gameplay everybody knows Zach's gameplay but these were the moments where what we've been talking about with Zach versus Leroy's gameplay, we see Zach excel, right? So he's on the tribunal with people who are against him in theory, and he still manages to say at the end something along the lines of, I understand you guys have your thing going on. I'm just going to vote for Joss because I said I wouldn't vote for someone on Team America, but like I get I get you guys are doing your own thing, right? And that's, you know, he's so good at just playing it that way because for him, his number one is himself, and he's really looking out for it. And I like the way that he, he used that moment to sort of squeeze that line in there. I... I think he's playing fantastic game this season. You, I want to say he's playing the best game of anyone this season. It's up for debate based on how you view Pauly and Cara and their whole big alliance. If, if you view that as like really good, strong gameplay or not, maybe I'm just annoyed by it. I think Zach overall is playing the best gameplay because he's, he's not even threatened right now and he hasn't voted with the numbers at all this season. So I think yeah. that's just a sign of really good play yeah he's on no one's radar because he he's placed himself behind two massive male targets with it josh and jordan classic meat shield strategy mm -hmm. josh and jordan are going to get into trouble way before zach is zach is going to cruise i mean that you got to think there's only so many eliminations left before we get to the final they keep saying there's only two on the show they keep on the show they keep saying two left so obviously you know it's coming to an end soon so for zach i mean this is perfect for him he's lined himself up right behind them So then we go into the night out. Uh, We see, you know, Rogan always like on the fence with his alliance talking to Tori. He's just like constantly he's he's always like saying different things. But him and Joss are just wishy washy. I feel like they just don't they're not comfortable stepping into this role of hurting people. You know what I mean? You can see it like they're such cute sweethearts. Great point. And yep. they don't, they don't have that come. They're not, it's not their usual role. Like they're not you. They can't just do that kind of a thing. <laughs> Rogan is a complete enigma this season. He 
Oh, I like him. No, I, I like him too. I like him too. I'm going to, I'm going to start with that, but I just, I honestly, like there's, there's people that are on this show that I can analyze the way they play and their character. And I, I can do that pretty easily with Rogan. You haven't quite seen like if he's bringing it in challenges, you, you, he's not tested in eliminations. Mm. He seems like he's kind of playing good politics and good. As in we can't analyze him because we don't see enough. Yeah. There's just, yeah. there's just, there's nothing like you, you could say that he's playing a good political game or you could say that he's playing a really stupid political game by uh, weakening his team at, you know, for at Pauly's orders. And, and But at the same time, you could also say, well, he's kind of learning from CT. He's learning from guys that are really good at this game. And then he's got some good confessionals and sometimes he's he disappears. He's an enigma. I don't know how to describe him right now. I mean, with Joss and Rogan, if they both make the final, if it's, for example, if it's like Joss, Rogan, Tori, Jordan, Jenny in that final, they could crush Team US, right? They could absolutely crush that, them. And so That seems like it would be a, a, a good lineup. Yeah. Uh, so oh, if man. They, if they, Greg, <laughs> Greg, compare it, man. Comparing anyone to Danny, that's that's Whoa, rough. Oh, Rogan is Rogan. not Danny Jameson. So, that so, is harsh. <laughs> Greg saying that Rogan is Danny with brains. Uh, Gauntlet 3, Danny, I, I believe nope. that Greg is referring to the one challenge where they had to, they remember where they're, they're all, both teams are in a big freezer and they're jumping into an ice tub. Oh yeah, oh my God. And they, just, have keep, they have to keep having someone keep come in. You just keep going yeah. and if you give up, you, I, it's one of my favorites because if you give up, it's like, I'm out of here. You just run out of the room. <laughs> That's how you signify your surrender. And Danny's the last one in there for his mm. team. And he literally tries to make a, he tries to make a deal with, with the rookie team. Oh my God, I remember just, that. That was Yeah, and they just laugh in his face. It was a horrible horrible power play he thought he 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 could make something happen yeah but you can't um, compare rogan to that greg well, i think that's rogan. harsh there's gotta be a better example there's danny's be a better just a big somewhere. flop across the board rogan hasn't flopped in a daily yet that's the difference he yeah obviously today was not his best showing but it wasn't like i wouldn't consider it a flop flop i would just consider Maybe rogan's it a little bit like like cutthroat dunbar you know he's riding with the power couple he, he knows he's, oh, he's i could gonna, see that yeah. cutthroat dunbar i like that yeah yeah i could see that he kind of gives me that vibe hopefully he'll do better than cutthroat dunbar hey, cutthroat dunbar got the win he got the win uh but he lost his winnings afterwards and dignity yes <laughs> <laughs> and rogan's a male stripper so actually oh my god actually it really fits very well yeah. and i'm pretty sure rogan has an only fans account so he basically oh, he is the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah rogan's probably like been in some pornos before that we don't know about yeah, in case you guys are wondering what we're talking about, Dunbar's been in porn and he lost his winnings because it went against the contract or some shit because he was yep. in porn. It was crazy. Um, okay, so night out, obviously we get that. Then we have, you know, both sides of the alliance on either side talking. Honestly, it's getting a bit boring. Their fights are just, it's just the same thing back and forth. And it's, it's like, I don't know. There's nothing to it anymore. It would be better if there was like somebody in that alliance that said, you know, I'm not really feeling comfortable with my spot here. Yeah, I want someone to flip. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole here. I might need to make a deal for myself and change it up. And nobody's doing that. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. No, like everybody is so content with this. Mm. That's actually maybe one of the reasons why I love Survivor so much is there is a constant possibility that that the game could just change right on its head right like someone could be in the majority and have this huge alliance then all of a sudden they're the biggest target the week after and they're yeah. voted out it's so fantastic if and i love that you make your totem pole too obvious mm. you're you're screwed because screwed. the person who's on the bottom will do something about it in the challenge 
you're not necessarily getting that because uh, enough people are going to make the final that they'll be like, okay, whatever. I'll ride the bottom of the totem pole all the way. Yeah, but, exactly. They just no nobody ever makes that move. I, I yeah. really need them to. It's just annoying. I want more of a dynamic gameplay going on. And that's why Fresh Meat 2 is a great season. That is, is why one of the few yes. times that the, the minority flipped the house. Everybody flipped at the end. Yep. I mean, that they was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Okay, so then we have this scene with Jordan and Tori where they're just being really cute. Tori's got the t-shirt on her head and they're being hilarious. And these are the moments that I feel like we never get to see of Jordan in the house because he's always so uptight on the challenge and if you follow them online if you you know if you see if met them in real life like you know that he's just not like that outside of the house so for for us to be able to have a glimpse into their relationship into the funny parts of everything i think that's really nice and it also shows people that there's more than just the angry side of jordan and and the condescending side of jordan there's also a funny side of jordan which i really liked he's got personality and he's great with one-liners it's it's really um that's the kind of guy that you want on your tv he does have good personality. Uh, okay, so then we get Nani and Jenna's phone call. This was really cute. Obviously, oh, Jenna. I, I don't know about this. Fuck you. Obviously, you, you, you say your piece. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Obviously, Jenna can really relate to what Nani is going through and the fact that she knows what it's like to be in a challenge house. So for someone to be able to call their best friend who's out of the house and get some sanity, I like that. Uh, what do you have to say about this, Zach? What do you have this to say about this? This horrible. This why? was so shoehorned in. This is production being like, hey, Nani, why don't you give Jenna a call today? Uh, she's not on the season, but we love her. So we want to make sure that we can get her on an episode. Okay, so we're going to have but, you. But what all of a sudden, this. like what, what's Nani supposed to say? Like, no, I don't want to call my best friend when I have limited amounts oh of phone God. calls every it, it single was, week. You guys are offering me access so, to the outside world. I'll just say no. It was Bullshit. so lame. It was so, Jenna, bring, <laughs> Jenna bringing absolutely nothing on that FaceTime call. I'll say that much. <laughs> Jack says that scene was not needed. Erlene says Jenna and Nani. I want to see them on a challenge together. I want to see them on a. Sh I want to see them on the season playing together. It, it, oh my god, it was bad. Do you not remember those bad. scenes when they were wasted on the nights out? Uh, what fuck was that? Arrival was that rivals when they were just both drunk every single night when they were clubbing and everyone was getting mad at them and they were like falling over. I love them together. What oh. Do you not remember that? Jenna which, and Nani. Which two? Jenna and Nani? Yeah. Come on. Refresh your memory. <sighs> Shit. No, I'm drawing a blank on it. It was good. Greg will drop it in the comments. He's going to know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Greg's got it. Because he's an actual it. challenge historian. Okay. So then we go into Josh, Nani, Zach, Jordan, Tori, and they were all talking in a room. And they were talking about uh, Jordan wanting to switch and is he going to do it and blah, blah, blah. And what's happening, the dynamic, it was a bit boring, whatever. And then we get this really adorable season of Theo hyping himself up in the gym. And he was like, you've got this, Theo. You're the man. You're the man. You're going to win. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> Once again, like that's, that's a guy who's an athlete and has played sports. And has competed you, you could just see, professionally. You could just see, yeah, you could just see in the way that he that he's preparing. He's he's not being like some try-hard workout mm. warrior. He's just getting himself limber, getting himself in the mindset. It was like he was in the locker room getting ready to go out for the big fight. I really liked that. His legs were so long. That he he was has, swinging them. I mean, my I, God. I, mean, I knew nothing about him when he got announced for War of the Worlds 1. And I was I was immediately turned off by the thought of having this. Like, You know, I, I was against the uh, having guy, you know, someone of that pedigree, of that athletic pedigree who I didn't know, who I hadn't seen before. It felt to me like they, they were just casting people that, that weren't right for the show. 
And I eat, I eat full crow on that because this guy is so right for the show. Not why only did you think have, that? Why did you think that pedigree was not right for the show? A, a full on. I thought that same way about Ninja. I was like, why are they pulling people like this? I, I just, mm. I didn't like it. It, it didn't seem mean. right to me. It didn't seem like the right mixture. It seemed like it was going to throw off the competitive balance of the show. But I was completely wrong because not only is this guy um, really strong athletically and and good for this game, you know, he he can exceed it uh, in some of the unconventional. Um, things that they do on the show but his personality is so entertaining and yeah. controversial and he's just you know, so can, entertaining i i, I didn't wa- i don't watch love island i haven't seen his love island season but you can see that that he he wasn't just you know just a pretty face getting on there he's someone mm. who who has he can bring entertainment to you um and he, he's not afraid to say things that you might not like I really like Theo. That's how he was on Love Island. You guys really should check out his season. Uh, He wasn't, I mean, he was on for a couple weeks. It wasn't that short either, but him and Georgia were on the same season and he was fucking hilarious. He would drop these, just these savage one-liners. He was so funny. So he's definitely- He's savage. That's the the best way to put it. I mean, guys, I haven't stopped watching last week's clip of him yelling, get out of there, Ninja. (laughs) It's it's my- He had a good line tonight. Oh my God. He had such a good line tonight when- um, uh, I forgot to mention this when they were picking the speaker on Team USA side, and Josh was like, "I want to do it." Da, 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 and Theo from across the way goes, "I vote Josh. I vote oh, Josh." Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, Theo's my man, and the more I'm watching this, said it last week, I'm getting really fucking depressed that the dude is blind in one eye. I that know. this happened in our off season, and it's like we might lose this guy. I really, really, really hope that he heals his eye and that he can at least come back to compete because even if, let's say, he doesn't get his full vision back, there is, you know, the possibility that his eye could heal enough to the point where it's safe to compete because right yeah, now it's Yeah, Jordan can compete with one hand. Yeah. Theo, Theo can, can compete with, with one, one eye. eye. Yeah. I know, people that don't, I, I know people that have, like, a glass eye that, that only have vision in one eye. You yeah. get used to it. <laughs> I have a few friends like that as well. Um, it's really, uh, they say that it's like, you actually get used to it over time and you get, you adjust your, your, cause right now what's, what's the issue is his spatial awareness. So the fact that he can't tell like how far something is right, but he'll get used to that and he'll adapt. Hopefully he just gets his vision back though. Poor guy. Um, okay. So let's move on. We go into the proving ground and Theo, uh, responds to TJ asking, who's it going to be for team UK? And he goes for queen and country. I volunteer myself (laughs) and he walks down and he was just throwing out banter to the bitter end of this fucking episode. I absolutely love it. Uh, honestly, it was so funny and it was just, it was just perfect on point. Every comment he was making, he was obviously trying to have a good time throughout the whole thing. Uh, and then we get Team USA voting. So Zach votes for Joss. He knew that that was a burn vote, whatever. And then Polly votes for Jordan. And then the probably one of the few times I've liked Cara this season at all. Apart, I think just the eyebrow raise after the crying and this moment when Cara votes for Josh. Josh, and she was just like, I was just kidding. It's Jordan. I actually like that. I thought that was hilarious. Like, I've been wanting someone to do that all season. I think it's so fucking funny. Well, I'm glad that um for the sake of our listeners and Kara's fan base out there that you had something nice to say about her on this episode thanks um, yeah the, no, nobody's gonna care about that of course um they're only gonna focus on what no. we're gonna say in a couple minutes they're so funny they're very predictable at this point against us uh the but most this, predictable, yes. so this actually reminds me of um on Love Island, the fan base, we've been dying for somebody to, when they do the couple up ceremony, they go, I want to couple, you know, they say the reason why, and then they go, I want to couple up with so-and-so. And 
this whole last summer everyone was just dropping tweets like i wish somebody would just make a joke out of it one time and say like somebody else's name and be like uh just kidding and then and say we're the right person's name and this reminded me of that which i really uh bear already did that it says Erlene. i'm not sure when he did but that's obviously very bearish of him to do anyway so then we get in car corrects her vote and it's jordan jordan i think knew he was going in it felt pretty obvious to me that jordan was going to go in yep uh, and no doubt Jordan walks down and TJ announces what the elimination is. And I'm pretty sure every challenge fan across the country right now and across the world knew that Jordan was going to win this. The elimination was called Under the Hammer. Basically, they get a sledgehammer and they have to hammer down uh, these giant nails that are going through these wooden boards. And if you hit them all the way down, then it breaks the light bulb. So there was, I think, four or five, maybe six light bulbs on each rack. And they had three racks that they had to get through. And, you know, Sledgehammer, they ended up showing the elimination uh, against Zach and John A with uh, that Jordan completely crushed. And everybody this thought Zach was going to continuity yeah. because um, before that, ha you know, as soon as people saw the Sledgehammers and Jordan saying how, how you know, he's been working with, with Sledgehammers his whole life, Immediately, people who watch this show, their minds flash to X's 2 and the mm. elimination where him and Sarah took out Zach and John A. And props to the production team, the editing team for tying that narrative in because that's that's very important to tie in that, that he has already proven himself in this forum before and it's something he's actually very adept at. So from that moment, and Zach knew it too. So the fact that Zach's the one who brought it up, he's like, you guys are fucking idiots. This guy dominates with a sledgehammer and Carr's like, yeah, he, he beat you. And he's like, yeah, you're damn right. He did. And we just lost him because mm. he's, he's not going home. He's going right over there on the other side of the steps. I wonder how, I honestly think that Jordan would have beat Theo in virtually every elimination because yeah. he just has so, his fight. I don't know. And also Theo's beat up right now, mentally and emotionally and physically in that house. He's been into so many of them. So Jordan's fresher but I mean listen it was it was a good try on Theo's part he just doesn't understand how to use a sledgehammer which most yeah, people don't uh, the technique yeah yeah and I'm not, I'm not a sledgehammer technique expert but you could see what Jordan was doing and you're like mm. that guy knows what he's doing and Theo maybe started out strong but the way he was going he was going to wear out and start missing yeah so for Erlene and everybody else who hasn't watched basically Theo was holding the sledgehammer in place and that's really the worst strategy you can use when you're yeah, doing that you like have to swing his body it. going like this yeah and he wasn't lifting it all the way back and he wasn't swinging down and using like the actual proper force that needs to be done he was just like pushing it he wasn't he wasn't i don't know it was just weird and so for him it took him maybe 10 12 hits on the hammer it looked like even more because he was missing it a lot uh, to get that nail down and jordan was doing them in two three swings bam 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 it was crazy he was fucking killing jordan it was it was a non-stop cycle bam mm. bam swinging it all the way around and putting so much force on the way down he looked like a total beast he was honestly he was killing it marcy's asking if we think josh would have been good with a sledgehammer i don't i don't know i mm. You know, it really depends because for this kind of an elimination, strength is is pretty much irrelevant at that point. It's all about strategy and technique and how you're using the sledgehammer. So I do think that if Josh and Theo had faced each other in this elimination, it's something Josh could have won. I think it would have been an equal enough playing field. Yeah. Exactly. This kind of elimination really equals it out because you know you don't know who's gonna know how to use the sledgehammer or not. And also 
Josh would have had Jordan on his side and Jordan would have told Josh what to do, which probably would have helped a lot. So, so you never know. Oh my God, Yvette, this, this might be my favorite comment of the night so far. Sledgehammer contest between Jordan and any of the Boise brothers. A- so she's talking about Abram Abe. and Mike. Yeah. You will remember from Bloodlines when Abram was on the sidelines and his brother was just destroying <laughs> that room. And they're a very handy family. Um, they, they are. They, they, they build everything. Yes. So, wow. Abe versus Jordan in a sledgehammer elimination. That would be epic. I'd love to watch that. I wonder if Zach would do better now that he knows how to actually use a sledgehammer. Oh, it I would be cool to see a rematch. Yeah, yeah, he learned from his mistakes. He he yeah. watch he watches the game tape on that and he just thinks, God, <laughs> he's like, oh fuck. The hell was I doing? Um, all right. So basically you get Jordan just like wiping the floor with Theo and uh you get a comment from Polly, which was just really weird to me and kind of out of left field, where he says you know jordan is you know jordan's having a blowout right now and that's not what i wanted to happen and i'm confused what he thought was going to happen you know because jordan is a stellar athlete and a stellar challenger virtually any of them i don't know it was weird paulie really thought that this was the best chance he had to send jordan home Mm. he 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 knew that they were gonna have to get jordan out of the game some way or another and he thought theo's three and oh this is the only guy other than myself who can take him out and I'm not going to put myself in. So I could actually see that. Yeah, I could see that. Then obviously Jordan wins. And by the time Jordan wins, Theo still had an entire rack and another half of a rack of lights still on. So it really was a fucking blowout. And Theo makes a fantastic final comment, uh, which if given the chance, I'd be born an American. And honestly, Theo was funny until he fucking left the room like the ring it was crazy i couldn't believe how hilarious he was the bitter end i absolutely loved it when jordan wins when jordan knocks out the last light and by that point he already knew it was well in the bag and he's even starting to to you know feel it a little bit as he's as he's finishing that final rack but as soon as he smashes that last nail in and the celebration Mm. it was so it was fucking boss. It was very intimidating. It wasn't like the over, you know, it wasn't the over the top Laurel thing that we saw earlier. Like this season. It was just it. him. I it mean, was, yeah, it wasn't Laurel. That's it for was sure. just, it was just him looking at all those people like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You want this? You come in and do it yourself if you want to take me out. This is why I'm here because I'm the best. And it was mm. really great. I loved it. The guy is like a pro. He's like he, a pro. he is. He can back up so much of what he says, and that's what I love the most about Jordan. Obviously, he had that flop on free agents, but I think we all know why that happened. And the fact that he just stuck with his word, I really appreciated. Plus, he's mentioned many times that he really regrets that move, and he's learned. You know, he's yeah, not as much thing. of a hothead kid as back His then. Flop so. on free agents. If you listen to him talk about it now, he's like, you know what? I thought that I could, I could. Uh, take on somebody who was that much better than me at that point in the game. And I mm-hmm. couldn't, and I had to learn from it. Yeah. Wow. And he's super, awesome. su- he's so humble about the whole thing. So it's pretty interesting. Somebody mentioned in the comments that car was being ripped apart on Instagram. If somebody would like Good. to let I us know wait. what's going on over there, I would love, love a little I'm gonna uh, recap. I'm going to do a deep dive as soon as we're done. I can't uh, wait. Oh. Guys, give us like two minutes I, probably about a minute and a half we're gonna get to Kara, and i've yeah, got some yeah. shit to say we're on our chick. way we're on our way so then at this point once theo leaves you know tj drops the question to jordan which team do you want to go on are you staying on usa are you going to team uk and jordan gives this whole little spiel about how he really wants to go back to team usa and uh sabotage everything and make them lose and blah 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 and before he actually 
announces his decision, he drops to one knee and he says, but I'd also, you know, really love to spend the rest of my life. It'd make me so happy if I could spend the rest of my life with Tori. And it was just like the cutest thing ever. And he, you know, Tori was freaking out. She was smiling. She was all adorable. What you would expect. And she was like, shut up. Is this really happening? And Zach's like, get down there. And it was just like the cutest little back and forth. Zach, Zach was <laughs> Zach was so here. cute. He's like, go, get down. <laughs> he's so funny and she runs down and says yes obviously and it was just a really fucking beautiful moment and the crowd just erupts and so many of the comments in the confessionals i resonated with because i could really feel what they were talking about uh and the fact that they you know the atmosphere just changed and for a moment there was this out of game positivity because at the end of the day these people they're like co-workers right so they might not get along all the time they might be fighting against each other at the office but you know they still have a relationship with each other they still all to some extent uh care about each other and the way that they've all experienced this thing together and so for one to like get you know a proposal to happen everybody's so happy like people were genuinely happy for them and you could see the air lift a little bit uh and obviously it was dampened pretty fucking quickly with Kara and well, she drops this comment which was before very we bad. get to that what i loved about this proposal let's just focus on the positive stuff first because it's gonna get very negative Zach wants to stay um, positive guys this yes stay positive and We've love your roles. life guys oh my um, god the proposal itself. I also cried, Rebecca. I actually had to, I cried. I was worried I made my mascara run. You said the word genuine. And that is what it was. It was mm. a truly genuine moment. Yes, obviously Jordan had the forethought to say, you know what, I'm going to go into this elimination. I'm probably going to win because I'm that good. And I planned on asking Tori to marry me. I'm, I'm talking about his inner monologue Think, You know, I planned on asking Tori to marry me this season. I was going to wait for the good moment to do it. This is when I want to do it want to do it right here i'm gonna win and then i'm gonna ask her to marry me and she had no idea mm. she did not know this was not a planned reality television stunt feel free to try and prove me otherwise i'm going on life experience and my own eyes i'm seeing through the edit here oh she it, it looked know. like a shock it looked yeah. like a shock for sure that was genuine surprise and tori's mm. not a good actress guys we've seen this <laughs> her her, her that. you know choreographed <laughs> and and pre-rehearsed stuff are terrible this was a genuine reaction and that is why tori is so much more likable this season because she fucking dropped all that stuff you're getting to mm. see like the real person and it was very very awesome to see that because we're watching a season that is being run by people who are very not genuine mm. and that is the big difference um it was very nice it was a great moment it made me like but I, i've already told you in the past i don't stand reality television couples i'm not that person at all but they're so I did cute really like feel the vibes here for them i was very happy to see it they are so compatible. The way that they interact with each other, you can just see that they have so much fun together. I I just, I love their relationship. I think they're so cute. And more importantly, I think they make each other happier. And you can see yeah. that. You can see that when, when they're, you know, living their best fucking life and they're, they're putting all that stuff out there. They're constantly so positive online. And you just feel it. You feel that they really do uh enhance each other's lives you know it's it's and crazy like, like rebecca said tori put out the wrong hand he's dad jordan's down there with the ring and she puts out her right <laughs> yeah, hand and just so, so in the moment and jordan like very coolly and, and just loving the fact that she did it was like that that's your right hand put out yeah. the left hand and you could just see it you could really see something authentic there so i so i really cute. appreciated that because the, this show 
has been filled with lots of inauthenticness mm. um, in recent years. Yeah, there you know, there's so much that there's so much controversy as well that looms around a lot of these couples and you never really know what's going on. But when you get a glimpse into these kind of moments, it's so beautiful. And it was so nice to watch. I could not stop smiling. I literally was tearing up. I mean, it was just adorable. You know, it's so cute to see that they were able to uh, turn something so beautiful out of their relationship. And, you know, people give her so much shit for how it started and everything. But I thought she was fantastic in the Dirty 30 reunion when she owned up to everything, the way she spoke about it all. She was just so mature about the whole situation. You know, yeah, you make mistakes and stuff, but... At the end of the day, like the shit about, you know, in high school, right, for example, I feel like it's this sort of high school mentality where it's like if your friend has a crush on someone, you can't ever pursue them, you know, but what if those two people, what if your best friend and the guy who you really like, like are made for each other? What if they could have the happiest life ever? Why should your stupid crush get in the way of somebody else's happiness? And so the same kind of applies to me in this kind of a way. Obviously, cheating isn't amazing, but everyone's allowed to make mistakes from time to time. It wasn't the most serious relationship with Derek. It wasn't like she cheated on her husband or somebody that she committed to for a lifetime, you know, and she ended up finding something so much more special with Jordan and you can see it. You can see how genuine it is. So I'm all for them. I think they're fucking fantastic. It was a beautiful moment. One of the highlights of the season. And then we get (laughs) one of the lowlights of the season. Shani, you are the, uh, you're the play by play person for this podcast. So why don't you take it from there? I'm going to remove my hoodie and then oh my God. <laughs> I shall chime in for all of you listening to the audio. Zach's t-shirt says Slayer. I don't even know what that is. It's, he's has it's an obsession. T-shirt. Yeah. He has an obsession. Sarah Michelle Geller on my t-shirt. Um, so this was, I mean, this was a sad line and it was a great example of what Nani was saying about, you know, what Nani was saying, what Georgia was saying when they were talking about Kara and their confessionals about how, when they see Kara, they just see so much sadness And Kara, in the middle of, like, the happiest thing that the challenge has ever fucking seen, because that place is so full of misery, right? And this moment that is just so fantastic, she goes, turns to Polly and says, she's going to be paying for that ring when he sabotages our team. And Polly, without missing a fucking beat, goes, are you kidding me with that comment? And that was the Polly that I loved last season, that I loved the season before. I really, really loved that he threw that out there and just shut her down so quickly. And you can tell that he can separate the game. He knows he's ruthless in the game. He knows he's not being nice to people in the game, but he can separate that because at the end of the day, he can still be happy for these two coworkers, quote unquote, right? That are getting married and he can enjoy that moment and not sour it and dampen it with just raw bitterness and misery. I mean, it was just horrible. And then the entire time throughout the whole thing, right? When everybody is running up and hugging Tori and Jordan, when they're all cute, they're getting back to lineups and stuff. Kara's like, just fuck off. Okay. You switch teams, whatever, like go away. And as everybody's leaving, she waits for Tori and Jordan to walk in front and starts giving them the middle finger. I mean, it was just like crazy through and through. It wasn't just one comment. It was the entire sequence of events through that scene that showed us just how sad Kara is feeling inside because nobody acts like that when they're super happy. Just nobody does. There's just no way. And I don't even know what the stands are going to say tonight. I mean, it's crazy. They can't possibly agree with this. Kara, you miserable, entitled, wretched wench. I am tired of you. And I am tired of the stand narrative. This is the stand narrative. This is what everybody, a large majority of the people are saying about Kara this season. This is their spin. Mm. The people who are tr- who are having to criticize her behavior but still love her, they'll say, you know, I really liked Kara. 
until she got with Polly. And now she's this horrible person because of Polly. Yeah, but Polly's even horrible. Let me point to tonight's episode as proof positive that Polly is not the bad influence in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Polly, in fact, is what people are saying Kara is. If it wasn't for the fact that Polly was stuck with Kara and her miserable shit and her her antics, Polly would be a much more engaging character on the show rather than someone we're all fed up with. It is Kara who is the horrible influence because this woman, I I use the word woman lightly. She's 33 years old and she's never grown up. She is so stuck within the show. She has never developed beyond it. She takes this shit so seriously. It's so ingrained in her head that she couldn't take herself out of that moment. She's so entitled. She's so miserable. I have been trying to tell you people this for years. She's justifying everything that I'm saying about her. And this is the difference that I make with other people when I say don't judge people for what you see on the show. The car that you see on the show is the car that exists in real life. I am using this based on my eyes of what I see on the show, of what I see on social media, of what I hear from everybody else. I'm telling you, some people turn it on for the cameras. This girl lives her life the way she lives on the show. She's entitled. Yeah. And she is miserable and she's really ignorant because she doesn't see this stuff. She doesn't. She's not self-aware about it. She's not, she, her self-awareness level is horrible mm. and she's really just kind of, uh, trust me, I hate how much people use hip- hypocrisy. Uh, that That's literally the Kara Stan's biggest defense as I pointed out to Kara Maria Defender on Twitter this week and got zero <laughs> response by the way, because when you shut Kara Maria Defender's ass down, they won't say shit to you. But you I said, love going after the Kara Stan's I was like, Twitter. listen, 85% of what you spit on your Twitter is saying, well, 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 this person does this, but when Kara does this, everyone gets mad. Mm. I'm so sick of that. It's the most basic logic and it's a cop out. It's called the hypocrisy defense. So I don't want to come in here and say that Kara's a hypocrite, but she is kind of a fucking hypocrite uh, as seen by the fact that she said that she says, mm. screw all you guys, you know, I'm going to invest rest of my life. I don't, the, the challenge doesn't define me. I'm not on this season. I'm just going to enjoy my time. And dude, Every single thing the challenge Instagram and Twitter posts, you have Cara and Polly ranting in the comment section with these paragraph long diatribes. It's pathetic. Yeah, I hate when people say that they're going to leave things alone and just live their life and then completely don't leave things alone and don't live their life. It's so <laughs> yep. fucking annoying. Yep. Like people get on our case because we talk about Carl all the time and I'm now commenting on the challenge Facebook page and we've been getting some shit. But like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm trying to build engagement for my podcast. Like, so if anybody is responding, whether it's Hell a hater yeah. or not, that's a fucking social media stat. I'll take it. Here's you know, that's Cara- like what I'm looking for. But in my regular day life, I could never imagine being so consumed with this kind of stuff. Like when I shut off, I shut off. If I'm not on Saniac podcast, I'm not thinking about the challenge. No offense to the challenge, but it's just like, it's not my 24 seven life or mind or whatever's going on. And I feel like car and neither is my work, right? Because to them, the challenge is their work. But when I'm away from work, I'm not, th- there's no way I'm thinking about work. I get mad at my dad for even remotely asking me something on a Saturday that's work related. I'm like, it's Shabbat. Leave me alone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not thinking about that. So I don't know how people can be or want to be so ingrained in their work life that much to the point where it's it's so all-consuming. I mean, it's crazy. The Kara stands are so bothered by us because they're ill-equipped to handle people 
offering up intellectual arguments against her character. Mm. They're used to defending against people who are on their level who say things about like her looks and and all this other stuff yeah. because they can't offer up intelligent arguments. And then we come out with facts. It's as simple as that. These are these are criticisms that they might be right or they might be wrong, but they're at least coming from a point of logic and reason. And mm. y'all can't handle that. So you just call us haters and you say that we're biased. I, I'm just fed up. I'm, I, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I'm fed up. And she. I pointed out something everything. I liked of hers this episode. It's not like yes, I hate every single thing about her. Yeah, I just did. really, for me, it's not that I don't even like her either because it's I can't really dislike so like I, I don't really have the energy to dislike someone fully. But it's the fact that I feel so bad for her. That's really where it comes from for me. Is that I look at this person and I'm seeing her behavior and it's just sad. Like that's a moment. I hate I hate seeing people sad and I hate watching people behave out of sadness and out of this sort of deep sense of insecurity. And I, I, you're just watching it so much with her. And so it's just really it's just sad to view. And it's sad to watch how she handles it on social media after the fact. Like it's not I don't know. I, it's so unhealthy. Marcy is dropping something in the comments. She goes, is this why Kara keeps saying on Instagram in quotes, maybe we're already married or is she just, you know, is this something with her jealousy? So Kara is dropping on Instagram letting people know or teasing maybe we're already married about her and Polly, which is just like nuts. That, I mean, that's you... amazing because this filmed months ago and she's still this bitter about it. Oh um, yeah. The rumor. And I think it's pretty much been confirmed at this point. And I don't know if we're going to see it next episode, but apparently there was like an engagement party thrown in the house for Jordan and Tori. And from what was reported on Vepmo, Everybody in the house was like there having a good time and putting their shit aside, except Kara, who sat in her room alone, like doing, giving herself a manicure and reading magazines. Oh my God. Like, that's just sad. I would celebrate for, I would go to like an enemy's wedding if it meant free cake and stuff. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Facebook this week and on Stan Twitter. Um, Kara stands were unbearable last week after Jordan went out of that challenge first. They were oh, unbearable. God, they're so annoying. I want to see how they pivot this week because really, like this is a chance for stands to show me something. If you because I, I, people try and debate everything. This is a topic where there's zero debate. Kara's one hundred percent in the wrong. We all see that in, mm. in in what she in the way that she reacted in that moment. There's literally no defense for it. She's completely wrong. And if you're not able to acknowledge that. That's why the world's kind of fucked now because people people want to debate everything, but they can't just agree and say, all right, somebody's clearly wrong here and here it is. If the stands double down on Facebook this week, if I see, oh, everybody hating on Kara, but they forget when Jordan did this to her seven years ago. If mm-hmm. I see that shit, I might lose my damn mind. Um, you got a chance to prove something. Don't be a flock of mindless sheep like we're seeing in, you know... I hate that argument. I hate when people say, well, so-and-so did that. Because if you hated something that someone did to you, and then you actively go and do that to that person, then by your own definition of what's right and wrong, you're doing something that's wrong, right? You're doing something that you disagreed with that somebody else was doing. Now you're doing it as well. I just don't like that. It's all the... It's it's the same stuff. Octavia's comment is not bad. So she goes, "Uh, the only thing that bothers me with a 
with the car bashing is that you've never had a conversation or met this girl. I could deal with it if, it if that were the case, but I'm of the mindset that you can't determine a person's character strictly through word of mouth or through TV, which I actually completely agree with that comment 100%. What I'm more determining my opinion of Cara about is her social media activity. So a lot yeah. of times what happens on these shows, if something isn't edited right or if it shows somebody you know in an inaccurate light, then they will go on and explain themselves in a more rational, mature manner, right? Or they just won't defend themselves online at all. And all we're seeing is on TV. And so I would never judge just that. But what Kara does is she doubles down on all of her negative behavior on social media, defending all the horrible things that she's done. And through that, through that process alone, for me, that just shows someone who has zero self-awareness and who is acting out of like so much insecurity and sadness. And I find it to be just sad uh i I am but i've I've always stuck true to the fact that if i met her and i got along that would be where i make my judgment from it wouldn't be based on everything else that i have said or learned or seen or whatever online so i i agree and slightly i i i preach this we preach this all the time don't judge people just for what you see on the show what i'm saying with car is that i have such i have this picture that has been painted in so many ways with the horrible social media activity, with hearing the way that she is on podcasts, with seeing how all of that matches up with the person I see on the show, it just feels like I have a complete picture. Now you Mm -hmm. hear stuff, I hear whispers about CT all the time that you know he puts on, you see this like lovable character that he's portraying on the show, but apparently behind the scenes he can be kind of difficult is is what I hear. Mm -hmm. So yes, don't just buy what you see on the show. People are trying to give you what they want you to see on the show but the thing about Kara is she lacks so much self-awareness that she's not she can't hide herself the only thing that was able to hide her for so long was her her underdog status and the edit because Mm. you always heard that like on free agents which god Honestly, I hate free agents by proxy at this point because it, it like literally fueled the Cara stand-up, her performance on that season. But I, I really hate like it by free proxy. Agents. But what I but it know, was what a good season. heard is that on those earlier seasons, she was very, very annoying and entitled, and that didn't make it onto the show. And that's mm. why she caught that's why she caught the ire of some people. That's why, you know, Wes and people like like went at her. That's why Johnny went at her and it wasn't showing up. And now you see it and man, I just don't know if the girl has ever grown up because she's so locked into this, into this little like controlled environment. We went on really opposite uh, patterns when it came to our like love and hate for car, because I used oh, to yeah. hate her when she first started. I thought she was so annoying on fresh me too. Like back when I was a kid and I was watching her, Ugh, I just like I hated her on the screen. Right. But then I started liking her around the time, like you say, with free agents and stuff. I thought that, that was like a good point for her. And then I started disliking her again and then liking her again. And I've just sort of been hot and cold ever since. And it's I mean, there's just so much going on. But now and I don't think it has anything to do with Polly. Like we've never really brought him up no, as a reason. It doesn't. A Guys, lot of people bring him up, but I, but we, yeah, but that. I really don't see that at all. I, I, if anything, I think Polly's like a good guy. He has so much patience with her. He's, I mean, listen, there's been a lot of shit that he's done, but we don't know the ins and outs of that part of their relationship. It does seem very messy from the outside. My issue is less like what they've done with each other and more what they've done to fans, like the fake up and things like that. Um, but, but I just, I see so like with her personalities just constantly shifting and, I don't know, this jealousy, the bitterness, whatever it was that showed tonight. I mean, it showed, it showed big time and it, it was, was ugly. embarrassing. It was, really ugly. It was yeah. embarrassing, embarrassing, you know? 
I, and if she if she's on social media like doubling down on that man that's really bad i know we need to find out if she's actually doubling down because if she's apologizing for what she did then that's a different story everybody yeah. can make some sort of mistake in the moment but if she's not even aware or if she's gonna defend her behavior in that time then i just think that's so shitty i'd love to hear some more tea about the the engagement party i want to know more about yeah. that party I, I really hope they show it mm. i look at it like this it, uh if cara and Polly were on a season together and and they weren't a couple anymore. Like if, if Cara was on the show without Polly uh, being in control in control of her or, or like working with him, would she be more likable? I don't think so. If Polly was on without Cara like being involved in his business, would he be more likable? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he would. I, I, he definitely I would. Yeah, I think that's common sense. He he absolutely because Cara would. would just do the same thing. Cara Car would do the same stuff. It's just it's a hot mess. And you know, I, we usually get ripped apart, but we have quite a few car fans who actually listen to us. We got a message this week that was really cute about some car fan was like, "I really like you guys. I don't always yeah, agree, she but it. Yeah, you know, but it was, that was great. great. But um, but we do, you know, we do get um, we do get a lot of hate for like our car hate. But tonight when I was on the Facebook page for the challenge fans. Uh, the comment section was just ripping her apart. And so it's nice to kind of see like a unification in the fact that people see what we're seeing. They understand where it's coming from. And, you know, it's not like we're these horrible haters because so many people are seeing this side of her now. And you you cannot defend this side of her. No. You know, yes, it's it might be a mistake. And if she actually acknowledges that, then that's a different story. But I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I I haven't I haven't known her to do that at all, guys. One 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 thing I always go back to I I think it was the Dirty Thirty reunion where Kara brought up the fact in the reunion that Darrell had her blocked on Twitter, and you could just see like how offended she was by that. Darrell she's has like, her blocked on Twitter. At least at this time, he did, and they That's were friends so too. And she's like, she's like, you know, even people always talk about my Twitter. And I just don't get it. You know, even Darrell, who I feel like I'm friends with, you have me blocked on Twitter. And and Darrell goes, yeah, because you got those Twitter fingers. And I, I I wouldn't like you as much if I if I was following that. Mm. And um, yeah, I think I think that. that it's funny. That I never actually I never even get their social media stuff from actual social media. I just get I mean, I get it from screenshots because everything gets shared enough and I don't follow them on anything. So it's just so hectic. Uh, I'm guessing that Cara and Polly are far, far away from social media tonight, says Rebecca. Well, we'll see. We'll see what people have to say. Uh, anyways, this was pretty much the whole episode. It definitely got fucking crazy. There is one thing I want to talk about, which was uh, a commercial that happened during the show, our little ad segment that we have going on. And this was for uh, Ocrevus. I think it was an MS medication. And one of the one of the precautions that they warn you about, they go, don't take if you have a life-threatening aller allergic reaction to it. As in, don't take this if you have a life-threatening allergic reaction to the medicine. Honestly, that line cracked me up. Never Never mind if you find out, you know, you might, yeah. <laughs> if you take it and find out, I mean, you're fucked, but then, you know, afterwards, not to. Uh, exactly. So if you have a life-threatening allergic reaction, don't take that medication. Honestly, That's that commercial was fucking hilarious. I also, loved it. Uh, the music choice tonight, I mean, during, after the proposal, when they go into James Taylor, how sweet it is. Mm. That was that so was cute. And everybody was all nice. cute. I, I did that. feel like they missed an opportunity during the elimination when Jordan was just wailing away on those nails, they, they could have used sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. That would have been a nice little, um, that, that would have been a nice touch there. Also one of the most innovative and uh, music videos in its day that was major on MTV. 
I was mm. big at the big at the eighty four VMAs or whenever it was. Oh my God, um, you probably but, remember those, don't you? That's funny. Uh, maybe Cara does because she's older than I am. Uh, but uh, maybe. Um, uh, and overall, man, what an episode! Yeah, fantastic Jordan episode. Holy rocking. shit! Jordan that was taking great. out a guy who had never lost in an elimination, who mm. had dominated up to that point, and Jordan defeats him. He absolutely Further killed his it. Claim as possibly, well, uh, definitely one of the greatest of all time to ever play. But is he the greatest of all time? I think that he is. Is what we will keep. That is what if we will Jordan keep if Jordan wins this season, if he, gets he the win. is absolutely the Against go for the sure. Numbers hands down because his record will be so fucking phenomenal. We will have a a a serious goat discussion on our hands if Jordan wins this season. Even if he falls short, if he makes the final. Mm. We're going to be doing some heavy comparisons to Landon and Durrell. I think he'll make the final. I think he'll for sure make the final. Um, All right, guys. So before before we sign out here, I just want to remind everybody that we are looking for bloggers to join the Saniac writing crew. So we do a ton of content on our website, saniacpodcast.com, and we want to fledge out and and full out our blogging section. So if you guys like writing, if you like the challenge, uh, then please contact us. We, you know, do want to keep all the content high quality, so we'll help you out. We'll do lots of editing for you and all of that good stuff. So please reach out. We are looking for those fun bloggers to join us. Or if you already have an existing blog or an existing challenge content page and you're looking for more exposure and you want to join a team uh, and get some help and have a crew, you know, working on everything with you, then you can feel free to message us as well. We are very open to that. We will have Hannah's hit list posted tomorrow for you guys, a written recap. And then she also did a couple new quizzes. So we'll have that up for you guys this weekend. They were pretty fun. I fucking love quizzes. Oh, you Uh, know what else we would take? If if anybody mm -hmm. wants to step up and just like do all our, you know, do all the bitch work and edit our podcast and throw that shit up right away. Yes. That'll save Johnny a lot of time. Wow. If you guys would like to learn podcast editing as a technical skill, I will happily train you in podcast editing uh, for free. And you can use yeah. my Adobe account as well for free. And so you'll have all access to that and you'll be able to edit our shows and you'll be able and to we'll work with us. we'll shout you out on the show all the time. All the time. Every episode. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in that, then please reach out to me. I'm so happy to have somebody help me out. Uh, and obviously I work in podcasting so if you become a good editor you might have some freelance work from me in the future so go out to la you can hang out with shawnee and chelsco yeah and yeah all the good peeps uh okay and of course we're going to sign us out with uh, our stitcher premium sponsors so please go to stitcher.com forward slash premium to sign up for stitcher premium it's really awesome you get to listen to your shows ad free you don't get any of these annoying ads on there and it's only 4.99 a month or 34.99 a year you get lots of originals bonus episodes comedy albums and so much more so go to stitcher.com forward slash premium and use the promo code saniac s-a-n-i-a-c for one month free off your monthly plan thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight marcy is right there was no dogs barking because my dog is sitting right there so quietly (laughs) because my dad is out of town so they are not alarmed when he is coming home uh it's been a fantastic no dog barking episode this is going to be a lot easier for me to edit so that's beautiful uh oh robert says he would love to help with that all right robert reach out message me uh you guys can always message me on my personal facebook account i'm faster to answer that than our our Saniac Podcast Facebook account, but feel free to reach out there and we will talk business. All right, guys, take care and tune out. Zach, say goodbye to Peace. Our